welcome to Novel Ideas, episode number 85. I'm Candace Huber, your host and the owner of Tubby & Coo's Mid-City Bookshop in New Orleans. Novel Ideas is all about what I do best, books and board games. I bring you news, discussions, interviews, and more every month. And most importantly, I make your TBR and or gaming list that much longer. In this last podcast of 2018, I'll quickly catch you up on some news and then spend the rest of the time talking about the best books I've read this year and the books that I'm excited about for the beginning of 2019. That lovely song you're hearing is Brave by Jonathan Colton off his newest album, Solid State. Grab a cup of your favorite beverage, pull up a chair, and let's chat. So let's start with some book industry news. There are just a couple of things that I wanted to bring up before I get into the main meat of the podcast, which is basically just me talking about and geeking out about every book that I read this year that I absolutely loved. So with some book industry news, the World Fantasy Award winners were announced. So best novel for that was a tie between The Changeling by Victor Laval and Jade City by Fonda Lee. All the other winners can be found at the link in the show notes, you can just or you can just Google World Fantasy Award winners. I thought that that was worth a mention. Also, some big news and something that I wanted to spend a hot second talking about is that Margaret Atwood has announced that she is writing a sequel to The Handmaid's Tale. It's called The Testaments, and it's going to be released in September of 2019. She has said that the novel is going to be set 15 years after the original story, and it will be narrated by three different female characters. So according to Margaret Atwood, this book is in response to everything fans have been asking her about Gilead and its inner workings. So I'm really interested to see how she's going to approach this novel. Like, will it give us answers to the ambiguous ending of The Handmaid's Tale? Was Nick really who he said he was? Did he betray Offred? Did Offred join Mayday and like lead a revolution or did she never escape it? Like we don't know. The ending of The Handmaid's Tale is so ambiguous. And so I'm really interested to see if Atwood is going to give us answers to those questions or if she's going to approach it as just from three completely different women and and just explore Gilead and not really talk about Offred and the people that we know from the first one. So I'm really interested in how this will happen. I actually really like the ambiguous ending of Handmaid's Tale. I like being able to talk about and have theories about and be like, ooh, what do you think happened? Is it this or that? I really like ambiguous endings like that. And so I'll be really interested to see how she approaches this. Regardless, I hope we get a happy ending because we have a lot of dystopia these days. So I'm really hoping that at least Offred, if she does get an ending, gets a happy ending. So that is really exciting. I'll, I'll be really, really, really excited to read that when it comes out in September. So you can get the details and links to this news that I just discussed in the show notes on our website, www.tubbyandcoos.com slash blog. And now, for the whole rest of this podcast, I'm going to talk about the best books that I read in 2018 and the books that I'm excited about that are releasing at the beginning of 2019. So far this year, I've read 55 books, so it's a little bit more than a book a week, which was my goal. 
And it's not quite over yet. Who knows? Maybe I'll get a couple more books in before the end of the year. But I'm going to divide up my favorites of the 55 books that I've read into categories because that makes it easier. As y'all know, I can never pick favorite books for anything. So I'm just going to give you my favorites in different categories. So here goes. The first category is what I call best fan service. So these books are uh, books that are part of a fandom that delivered that fandom really, really well. So my favorite book that I think gave the best fan service was Hocus Pocus and the All-New Sequel by A.W. Jantha. I've talked about this book on the podcast before, and it was way better than it has any right to be. The first part of the book, so like the first third of the book, is a novelization of the original movie Hocus Pocus from the 90s, and it is spot on. They use the same dialogue. If you've seen the movie like I have 10 million times, you will blow through it because it is a really good novelization of that movie. And then the second part, so the second two-thirds of the book, is a sequel to the original movie. And it follows Max and Allison's daughter Poppy in a new Sanderson sister adventure. And you quickly learn that you can never really kill a witch. I will die on the hill that says that Hocus Pocus is a standout feminist film that was ahead of its time. And I really feel like this sequel did it justice. The new characters are three really badass teenage girls, two of whom have a crush on each other, and also a super nerdy boy who defies toxic masculinity. And then, of course, we have the Sanderson sisters, who are always entertaining and great, along with a whole host of new characters and some old favorites. In the end, the book leaves an open storyline for more books to come, and I am like, totally here for it. I hope they do more books. I really, really, the whole time was reading this, wanted this to be a movie. I'm really, really excited. And if you're a fan of Hocus Pocus, I love this so much. You have to read this book. Honorable mention in this category for fan ser- best fan service goes to Leia, Princess of Alderaan, written by Claudia Gray, who is actually a local author. She lives here in New Orleans. And this is the story of how Leia came to be in the rebellion. Uh, it has in there how she met Admiral Haldo. We get to see Leia as a teenager, and she is Leia. Uh, Claudia Gray did a really, really good job of capturing the essence of Princess Leia and And she was just adventurous and a great leader. And we got to see how Leia came to be who she is in the movies that we know. It's very adventurous. It has some familiar characters, a lot of familiar characters, and then also some new ones. And it it was just quintessential Leia and quintessential Star Wars. It was great to see Leia at the focus of her own story. And I actually read this book for WRBH. So if you are interested, you can hear it now on the radio, but also Leia, Princess of Alderaan by Claudia Gray. Go out and buy it. It was really great. The next category is sort of random. I I put this as the most heartwarming book that I read this year, and that is 
Good Morning, Good Night by Lin-Manuel Miranda with illustrations by Johnny Son. I just wanted to give this book a quick mention because it was literally like getting a hug from a book. It is just so heartwarming, so good. It's a collection of tweets from Lin-Manuel Miranda. If you follow him on Twitter, every morning and every night, he puts tweets out there that are these like inspirational little tweets. And this is a book that collects them. It's a great gift book. It's very Shel Silverstein-ish, but definitely for adults. And I really loved it. It's one that I keep by my bed and you can just open it up to a random page and get some inspiration. So Good Morning, Good Night by Lin-Manuel Miranda was my most heartwarming book that I read this year. The next category is the best graphic novels for kids. So what won this category for me is Dead Endia by Hamish Steele. This book, I absolutely loved it. It The artwork is just so cute. The storyline is rich. It felt like watching a cartoon. If you like Gravity Falls, I felt like it was very Gravity Falls-ish. That's a TV show on Disney. And I felt like this was very reminiscent of that with the artwork and the way that it looked. It also has really great representation. There's a diverse cast of characters. There's a Muslim character. There's an Indian character. There's trans characters. There's even a talking dog. There's all kinds of different characters in here, plus ghosts, demons, supernatural things happening in a haunted house. The haunted house serves as a portal to hell, and these kids work in there, and it's about their adventures. And so it is a really great gift for kids probably between the ages of like 8 and 12, but really it's great for any age. That's Dead India by Hamish Steele, which wins my Best Graphic Novel for Kids category. Honorable mention here goes to The Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen Wang. This was actually our book of the month on this podcast for August. That was episode 83. So if you want to go back and check that out, I, I fully talk about it there, have a lot of thoughts there. But this was just a cute, uplifting story. And it represented gender nonconformity, which we don't get very much. It's a very saccharine and cute story. The artwork is absolutely phenomenal. And I think this is also a really, really great graphic novel for kids. So that gets my honorable mention in the best graphic novel for kids category. Moving on to best graphic novel for adults. So this is a tie for me between Monstrous by Marjorie, uh, Marie Lou, sorry, and um, Bitch Planet by Kelly Sue DeConnick. So Monstrous has beautiful artwork and it's this dark fantasy. It's gritty and violent, but also with themes of revolution and choosing family. Um, it is written by Marjorie Liu. I keep saying Marie and I'm so sorry. It is Marjorie Liu and gorgeously illustrated by Sana Takeda. And it is about humans and others and the monsters inside us all and hope. It's got a cast of very strong women, fierce magical cats, engaging plot lines. It is my absolute favorite comic right now. And it is much better, just pro tip, on a binge read than it is issue by issue. There are currently three volumes of it out, and I highly recommend it. It is phenomenal. Tied with that for me is a graphic novel called Bitch Planet, which has been out for a while as well. There's only two volumes of it, and so you could read both volumes in like an hour. 
And it also makes me really sad because I wish there was a lot more of Bitch Planet. It's so good. It's super diverse. There are lots of women of color, trans women, just different types of women. And there are really great ads at the end of every issue as well. Bitch Planet is all about the patriarchy um, getting worse and men taken over and women who don't comply uh, with the new rules of this patriarchy are sent off to literally a different a prison on a different planet and they call that bitch planet and so all of the ads that are at the end of each issue have to do with the patriarchy and makeup and beauty and different things like that it is so good i highly recommend it bitch planet by kelly sue DeConnick. Honorable mentions in the best graphic novel category go to Paper Girls by Brian K. Vaughn, which I've been reading for a while, but just read the third and fourth volumes this year. The fourth volume, in my opinion, was the best one so far. It's really good. It's a sci-fi adventure. I recommend it to people who like Stranger Things because it's about a group of, like, 12-year-old girls who ride around on bikes. They're paper girls, and they fight aliens and travel through time and go on adventures. It's really very good. I highly recommend it. The other honorable mention here for graphic novel goes to Heavy Vinyl by Kali Usden, I think is how you pronounce her name. And I really recommend this for anyone who liked Empire Records, the movie from the 90s. It is really good. It's got a cast of women characters who work in a record store, and they are secretly like a fight club. It's really good as well. So Paper Girls and Heavy Vinyl, highly recommend for graphic novels. Next up is the Best Short Story Collection, and that honor for me goes to How Long Till Black Future Month by N.K. Jemisin. N.K. Jemisin really does not disappoint in her first short story collection. This collection features 22 stories, which is so many, yes, 22, and they all have themes of rebellion, resistance, and resilience, and whether she's writing about chefs or witches or cities or dragons or computer code or aliens, N.K. Jemisin's writing is just stunning. She explores these themes of fighting versus walking away in pretty much every story. She also explores resilience in most of these stories as well. And it's difficult for me to choose a favorite story, but I really liked the food-related ones. There's a couple, one called L'Alchemista and one called Cuisine de Memoir, which both feature food, and they were both really great. There are also a couple of stories in there that were testing grounds for what later became series. So there's a story called Stone Hunger, where we visit the world of the stillness from the Broken Earth trilogy, and a character that we know makes a cameo in that one as well. And there's another story called The Narcomancer, where we visit the world from the Dreamblood duology. She's got so many great... There are also two stories in here that are set in New Orleans. Um, So there's one called Sinner Saints, Dragons, and Haints in the City Beneath Still Waters about New Orleans immediately post-Katrina. And there's another story that takes place in New Orleans a long, long time ago that follows a Haitian immigrant here. And so really I could name every single story in this collection as my favorite story because there's something that stuck with me after I read each and every one of these stories. So the collection came out November 27th. It is out now. I highly suggest reading it because N.K. Jemisin is really, in my opinion, one of the best sci-fi fantasy writers of all time, and everyone should read everything she writes. 
The honorable mention in the short story category goes to a book called Six Months, Three Days, Five Others by Charlie Jane Anders. This was actually the very first book I read in 2018. And this is a collection of six stories. It's like a mini collection. It presents life lessons on love, death, family, wishing, and friendship. And this was actually our February book of the month on this podcast, and I wrote a full review that was posted on Tubby and Koo's blog. So if you want more thoughts on Six Months, Three Days, Five Others by Charlie Jane Anders, check those things out. Moving on to the best young adult category. So my favorite young adult book that I read this year was Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. This was also the Goodreads Choice Award for 20 award winner for 2018 for the YA category as well. I always say that this is Harry Potter meets Black Panther, although it's closer to Avatar the Last Airbender if you watch that than it is to Harry Potter, but more people know Harry Potter. So either way, Harry Potter or The Last Airbender meets Black Panther. This is a West African inspired novel about a teenage girl named Zaley who goes on a journey to bring magic back to her world. It's the first book in a planned trilogy. The world building is phenomenal. It's so, so good. And Adeyemi weaves in Nigerian cultural history and larger themes into this story, like the violation of bodies and identity struggles and gender roles. She weaves that kind of stuff in throughout the story as well. And the characters are realistic and believable. As I said, the world building is just phenomenal. The social undertones and overtones are on point. The plot is enthralling. I was enraptured with this book from the start, and I'm really happy Tomi Adeyemi shared the story with us. And I really hope that the other books in the series just keep getting better. The next one comes out at the beginning of next year, and I'm really excited to keep reading and I wrote a lengthy full review of this book that was posted on Tubby and Koo's blog. So if you want to go see all of my thoughts about this book, check out that post as well. Honorable mention in the YA category goes to Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. In this book, zombies rose during the Civil War and now the world must live with them during the Reconstruction period. The Negro and Native Reeducation Act require black and native children to attend these combat schools to learn how to kill zombies or shamblers, as they're called in the book. And Jane McKean, who is a story, who is, I'm sorry, a student at one of these schools of combat, is studying to be an attendant. So she's getting trained in both combat and in etiquette so that she can protect and serve the rich and powerful white folks, of course. Well, some well-to-do families start to go missing, and Jane finds herself in the middle of this political fight. This is part mystery, part action, part scathing social commentary. It's so much more than just a zombie novel. It features a bisexual black woman and an aromantic asexual black woman as its main characters. I really, really liked it. And if you like zombies, uh, like Walking Dead style that examines human nature like via the zombie apocalypse where zombies are more of a backdrop than the main thing, you will really, really like this. I think even if you aren't a fan of the zombie genre, this book has more to offer than just blood and gore, although there is a fair amount of blood and gore in there as well. And so this, I also really highly recommend this book as well, Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. The next category is Best Horror, which I don't read a ton of horror, fair fair warning, um, and, you know, just disclaimer here. I don't read a lot of horror. I, I'm not really into 
really scary, bloody, gory horror. I really like like humor horror, which is what I call it, um, which are kind of some scarier things, dark things that have a bit of humor in them. And so the books in this category sort of fit that because that's what I personally like. So the winner of the horror category for me for what I read this year was We Sold Our Souls by Grady Hendrix. This was a really, like, fun Halloween read. I read it around Halloween, which was the perfect time to read it. And it's about a washed-up band from the 90s whose lead singer sells the souls of his bandmates for fame and fortune. So he doesn't sell his own soul. He sells their souls. And so when one of his old bandmates, her name is Chris Pulaski, gets caught up in this, like, web of conspiracy, it's up to her and her guitar and an old Lost album to save the day. This was a really fun read. I really loved the character of... Chris, she was a good character. There was a lot of depth and badassery there with her. And she does struggle a lot as well. And I really, really like that you care about what happens to her. And the book does get into these deep, into conspiracies and like big brother watching. And it makes you really paranoid about things like UPS and mobs of people with phones. And it was just a really good modern day psychological horror that had a bit of humor in it as well. I really like Grady Hendrix as an author, and this is his newest one, and it did not disappoint. It was really good. I got exactly what I wanted from this book, which was that it was an easy read. It gave me thrills and chills, a mild sense of paranoia, and a lot of entertainment. So I highly suggest reading We Sold Our Souls by Grady Hendrix. Honorable mention in this category went to a book called Meddling Kids by Edgar Cantero. I read this book because someone told me that it was Scooby-Doo meets Cthulhu, and that was like, what? Really interesting to me. I love Scooby-Doo, and that is exactly what this book was. Scooby-Doo meets Cthulhu. It follows a group of kids who were in camp together uh, in the summer, or they spent summers together at the same place. And when they were kids, they used to solve mysteries and stuff. There's even a dog that is with them, Scooby-Doo style. And after they all part their separate ways, now they're grown adults. And they were kids in the 90s. Oh, I'm sorry, kids in the 70s. And so the book takes place in the 90s. And the kids are now grown adults. And they're trying all kinds of weird stuff has happened to them and all of them are kind of in a bad place and and they know that they have to revisit this town and figure out what really happened during that last summer. And it was humorous and pulpy and it really called back to the 90s and Scooby-Doo in very entertaining ways. It It's not like a blow your mind book, but it was really entertaining. It's like I tell people a summer beach read for nerds and people who like Scooby-Doo and Cthulhu. It, it was entertaining, and I would recommend reading it if you're looking for just something light and fun. And that was Meddling Kids by Edgar Cantero. Moving on to our main categories. So best fantasy book that I read this year. That goes to Trail of Lightning by Rebecca Roanhorse. This debut novel from her really did not disappoint. I was excited to read it because... It seemed very supernaturally. I like the show Supernatural, and this is about a monster hunter, and so I was excited to read it. And the book features an entirely indigenous cast, and it takes place on what used to be the Navajo Reservation after the world floods out. So it has this 
post-apocalyptic feeling, but the Navajo reservation wasn't really affected by what they call the big water in the book. And so the book takes place in this area that that is called Donata in the book. And it follows a monster hunter named Maggie Hosky as she teams up with an unconventional medicine man for this post-apocalyptic adventure of gods, tricksters, witches, magic, and Navajo pride. It's, it was so entertaining. The character of Maggie is really strong physically, but she suffers this trauma from a previous abusive relationship, and it shadows her every action and the plot of the book. I was really impressed with how Rowan Horse portrays abusive relationships and, and Maggie's, you know, how somebody would react to abuse. I think she really carefully considers how emotions lead to thoughts and how thoughts lead to actions and how those actions have consequences. The secondary cast of this book is very strong. I cared about them just as much as I cared about Maggie. And there's tons of action and adventure and monster killing. And I think anyone who likes things like Supernatural or Buffy the Vampire Slayer would really, really like this book. And I don't I don't think I personally have ever read a book that had an all indigenous cast. And so that was really cool for me as well. I very much enjoyed it. The second book, A Storm of Locusts, comes out. Uh, early next year. And so I think it's going to be at least a trilogy. Highly recommend it. Trail of Lightning by Rebecca Roanhorse. I also want to mention in Best Fantasy that I read this year, An Oldie But Goodie, which is The Killing Moon by N.K. Jemisin. It is a, a book that came out a long time ago. It's actually the very first thing N.K. Jemisin wrote, although it's not the first thing that she published. I think it's the second thing she published because the Inheritance Trilogy came first. But it is the first thing that she wrote, and it is so phenomenal. I almost like the characters in Dreamblood duology better than the characters of the Broken Earth Trilogy, which is one of my favorite trilogies of all time. The magic system of Dreamblood in The Killing Moon was innovative and interesting, the, the plot was okay, but what really kept me reading was the characters. The characters were so real. I felt for them so much. And the first book, it, it is a duology, so The Killing Moon is the first one and The Shadowed Sun is the second one. But The Killing Moon just wraps up so neatly with no loose ends. It's very good. You can read it by itself. I highly, highly recommend it. The magic system is phenomenal. The characters are phenomenal. And of course, as I said, N.K. Jemisin, in my opinion, is one of the best sci-fi fantasy writers of all time. So you should just read everything that she wrote. So that's my oldie but goodie in the fantasy category. Next is best science fiction. So the best science fiction book that I read this year is called Blackfish City by Sam J. Miller. This book really gave me every single thing that I want from a book. I got a cast of engaging and diverse point of view characters. I got an intriguing plot, incredible world building, beautiful prose, plus an orcamancer and a polar bear. So like what more could you possibly want from a book? This book excited me immediately with how prominent it made queer characters. The first point of view character that you meet in the book is a gay man. And soon after, a non-binary point of view character emerges. There are more queer characters that come to light as the book goes on. And throughout all of this, their queerness isn't portrayed as otherness or novel. It's just people who are trying to survive in this city that eats people alive. 
And speaking of the city, Miller does an amazing job of world building in this book as well. The structure of the city really parallels real life power structures. And the story's central focus is on those, of course, at the bottom of that hierarchy. So the actual architecture of the city in this book was fascinating and something that I would love to learn more about. I would have loved to have seen more of that in this book because also I think civil engineers would have a particularly fun time analyzing and figuring out how the city could work. And, you know, I probably could dig deep to find some criticism of this book, but I really don't want to. I loved it. Blackfish City by Sam J. Miller. Give it a read. Honorable mention in this category goes to The Power by Naomi Alderman, which was one of the first books that I read this year as well. And in this book, women everywhere suddenly get the ability to conduct electricity, kind of like electric eels. And the book imagines what the world would be like if current power structures were just obliterated. And it's not exactly what you think it is. It surprises you. It challenges how you view gender. It really drives home that things aren't black and white. Things are much more complicated than that. And that's what I loved about this book. It is well written. It has good characters. It has a plot that kept me reading. I like the framing of the book. And I liked it for the same reason a lot of people didn't, which is that it doesn't always paint women in a positive light. It shows us different kinds of women, it, not just heroes, but also villains and, and women who are not great. And that's what I really liked about that book. So The Power by Naomi Alderman. Go ahead and pick that one up as well. My oldie but goodie in this category, because I also read this for the first time this year, is the Xenogenesis trilogy and also Fledgling by Octavia Butler. I read both of those for the first time this year, and they are mind-blowingly amazing. The Xenogenesis series themes, structure, and exploration of what it truly means to be human are really Octavia Butler at her best. It's my I've read a lot of Octavia Butler at this point. The Xenogenesis series is definitely my favorite thing of hers that I've read so far. And as far as fledgling goes, only Octavia Butler can use a vampire story to approach race, family, bigotry, and free will and make societal structure and and society commentary with vampires. So her character building of her vampire species is truly amazing in this book. Plus, it has a page-turning plot with tons of action, a compelling central mystery. So I really loved these books by Octavia Butler as well. And again, these are oldies but goodies. So now to move on to the best books that I read coming out in 2019, which is my last category. Um, so I didn't include these in my favorite books of 2018 um, because they didn't come out this year and they are not out yet. Um, but these are three books that I read this year because I get advanced review copies that I really that are coming out in 2019 that I really think everyone should read. So the first one is called Sissy by Jacob Tobiah, and this is a memoir from just one of my favorite people. I love Jacob Tobiah. They are really great. Follow them on Instagram. And this memoir is about what it means to grow up as a gender nonconforming person. It is at times hysterical, heartwarming, and also heart-wrenching, and it is just the most accurate depiction of what it feels like to be different growing up. 
uh, what you experience with family, what you experience with friends. It's it's just so good. I identified really hard with this book and it made me feel a little less alone in the world. And so if you are a gender nonconforming person or if you have a gender nonconforming person in your life, I highly recommend reading this book. It comes out next year. It's called Sissy by Jacob Tobiah. Check it out. The next book I want to mention coming out in 2019 is called We Cast a Shadow by Maurice Ruffin. The overall premise of this book is that a deliberately nameless black man main character living in a near future version of the American South wants his biracial son to have a better, easier life. So the book follows the main character and his family as he jumps through these progressively more absurd hoops in a quest to do anything to protect his son from a cruel society. The book is weird and absurd and a really strong satire of race in America. It's reminiscent of movies like Sorry to Bother You, which is my favorite movie that I've seen in 2018. And this book is very well written as well. Maurice is a great writer. And the book is a scathing satire of what it means to be black in America today. And it presents us with an important message and a character study. And I'm really, really glad this book exists I think that you should definitely read it. It comes out in January, so you don't have that much longer to wait. And I think we should have a lot more books like this. I would also love to see, just as a side note, more books from women of color's points of view that are similar to this. Um, But I really love Maurice's book, and I do think everyone should buy it. It comes out in January, and it's called We Cast a Shadow by Maurice Ruffin. And the last book that I want to mention is probably my favorite book that I've read in 2018 just overall, but it doesn't come out until February of 2019. And it's called The City in the Middle of the Night by Charlie Jane Anders. What's really interesting is that this is the book that I've read most recently. So it's the last book that I have read in 2018. I might read more, but as of now, it's the most recent book I've read. So I started the year with Charlie Jane Anders' short story book, and then the most recent book that I've read is another Charlie Jane Anders book. So this brought me full circle in 2018. And this book easily stands with classic sci-fi like Ursula Le Guin's Left Hand of Darkness and Octavia Butler's Xenogenesis series that I talked about earlier. And I I would say that I liked this book, Charlie Jane Anders' book, better than The Left Hand of Darkness, for sure. The Left Hand of Darkness was great for the time it was written in, but I actually found it kind of boring plot-wise, and this book definitely wasn't. And so City in the Middle of the Night follows two main characters, Sophie and Mouth, on a planet called January where half the planet is always immersed in sunlight and the other half is always immersed in darkness which leads to humans having to live in the middle where the twilight dusk area is. So when Sophie protects her best friend and is exiled into the night, she ends up bonding with the creatures there who save her life. And Mouth is the last of her people, and she's a roaming nomad, and she's never really comfortable in one place for too long. So the novel follows both of these women on their journeys to discover their own humanity and to figure out a way for humans to survive on this planet before it crumbles beneath their weight. I love, 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 loved this book. It's so good. It's so beautiful. It's wonderfully written. The characters are really compelling. You care about them. The plot keeps you reading. 
It examines revolution and humanity in a way that is really lovely, but also accessible. I really like what Anders did with examining revolution and people who are just gung-ho in the middle of it and then people who aren't and who kind of sit sit back. Um, And she really examines that and also humanity and what makes us human and how do we become better and and what if we had to do something to survive that some people view as not human. It's just it's so good and it is very it was very reminiscent for me of the Left Hand of Darkness and the Xenogenesis series. I think it stands right there. You put it on the shelf right next to them. If you like Ursula Le Guin, if you like Octavia Butler, you will like this book as well. I think it absolutely stands next to those classic books. And Charlie Jane Anders just keeps getting better. Every single thing that I read of hers, I have loved. I have read everything she's ever written. I've loved it all. And and as I read the newer things, she just keeps getting better. And so I can't wait to see what she does next. She's amazing. Definitely check her out. And this one is The City in the Middle of the Night, and it comes out in February from Tor Books. Please, please, please buy it. It's very, very good. Go pre-order it now. So that is all the time we have in our last podcast of the year. You can find a recap of this month's podcast, including links at www.tubbyandcoos.com slash blog. You can also find the bookstore on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tubby and Coos, spelled out. And finally, a list of all the books that we are reading, the podcast, this podcast's book of the month or past books of the month, and more can be found in our Goodreads discussion group. Just search for Tubby Ampersand Coos with an apostrophe S or follow the link in the show notes. Tell us what you're reading. Tweet at us. Tell me what you think about all of these books that I picked as my favorites of 2018. I would love to discuss with you. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. Engage with me. I would be more than happy to discuss books with you. The music you heard today is by Jonathan Colton off his newest album, Solid State. Thank you for listening to Novel Ideas on WRBH. I'm your host, Candace Huber. Keep on reading and see you next year. Next year.